Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. I love you, baby, and if it's quite alright, I need you, baby, to warm the lonely nights. I love you, baby. Trust in me when I say, welcome to the Command Zone podcast. <laughs> we went for it on that one. Yeah, you are listening. <laughs> And you probably watched. I'm sorry you're listening. <laughs> what about watchers? <laughs> no, they get hit mute, I guess. <laughs> it's time for Throne of Eldrin. We're talking about the new legendary creatures today. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. If you don't know why we sang that song, that means you haven't seen the trailer for Throne of Eldraine, which you should go watch. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah, fantastic. It's really sweet. So um, Throne of Eldraine is fully spoiled, which means we're now allowed to talk about it. And what we're going to do is we're going to break down our normal set redo... Break down, break up. Break up. Our we're breaking normal, up. <laughs> uh, we're going to break up our normal set review into two parts. On this episode, we're going to talk about just the new legendary creatures from the set, the, the cards that can be your commander. Yeah. And then we'll do a follow-up episode that's all the ca- new cards from Throne of Eldraine that can go in the 99. Yep. And that's when we do like the mechanics breakdown and all that stuff, too, because there's a lot of spicy stuff happening in the set. Yeah, but we, we did this for C19, and we really like being able to go a little bit deeper on all the legendary creatures, talk about you know what we think those decks might look like. Yeah. Um, so it allows us a little more time to do that. But before we get into it, we are talking about Throne of Eldraine, and you can pre-order it right now at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you order your magic products, singles, anything at all, you really are helping us keep the lights on around here. You're helping us to produce game nights, this podcast, and all of our content. And a big thank you, as always, to Ultra Pro, who also sponsors the show. Ultra Pro provides the playmats, the Throne of Eldraine playmats, and there are so many new pieces of product that you can get your hands on for this set because the art is amazing. So we recommend that you pick up Ultra Pro products the next time you are at your LGS or at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. They also have great dice, sleeves, deck boxes. You name it, they got it. Yeah, I we get all these emails from Ultra Pro because they're sponsors mm-hmm. of the show. And do you know they have like a piece of luggage that's specifically what? for, we'll put it on screen here, that's specifically for like Traveling. carrying your cards and stuff around. What? Yeah. It's pretty that's sweet. Cool. And you know, it's a pain in the butt to go through like airport security and all that stuff. It it's is. a lot easier, I think, if you have like a dedicated piece of luggage that's meant to fit all your cards. So that's I might pick up sweet. one of those. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, wow. 
We're getting big time, Ultra Pro. Uh, and the final way to support all of our content is if you go to patreon.com slash command zone, where you can contribute to us directly and you get all kinds of perks and rewards. You get to watch game nights early. Mm-hmm. You get to talk with Jimmy and I on Discord if you're at certain uh, Patreon reward Tier tiers. Yeah. Yep. So also, one of the other perks is we call out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Crispin, Crispin Stopforth. Cool Crispin, name. you rock. That is a cool name. Everyone that Crispin is, is a, a cool name. Is a cool yeah. person, by the way. <laughs> That's true. Not, not just your name. You too are cool. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Throne of Eldraine new commander review. Throne of Eldraine has more commanders, more legendary creatures than the average set. They yep. sort of, they said that, which is good, great for us. Also, there are the brawl precons, and we've probably at this point already released a couple of our minisodes, mm-hmm. breaking those down. We will talk about them briefly, but. We're going to cover those in separate episodes. We're not going to go super in-depth there. Um, All right. Let's not waste any time. That's right. Um, Let's get into it. Uncommon legendaries. Yeah, so there's a cycle of uncommon human knights. Yes. Knights is a big sub-theme of uh, Throne of Eldraine because of the Arthurian Camelot legend legend thing. So uh, there's one for each mono color. So let's kick things off with Sir Alan, or Aline, the Lion's Claw. Three white-white for a human knight. It's a 4-4. It has first strike. And whenever Sir Aline attacks, other creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. This is underwhelming. I would almost expect to see this on just a regular uncommon. But yeah, the yeah. fact that it's a legendary creature means it could be a commander, but you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but, I mean, poor white. Yes. Just can't get any love. We're going to see uh, one of the colors that doesn't need it is going to get a really awesome one of these. But white, unfortunately, gets left out in the cold again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A knight's deck with Sir Gwyn probably goes in the 99, but I doubt anyone's building a deck around this. Yeah, if you're going for, like, a bunch of knights hit you in the face, then Cathar's Crusade is the kind of card you would put in a deck like this. Sir Alan, Aline, belongs in the 99, most likely not your head mister. Mis- mistress. Mistress. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Sir Kara the Bold. Three red red. Is it Kara or Kara? Hurrah! All right, three red red for a human knight, three three. <laughs> she says, whenever Sir Kara or an instant or sorcery spell you control deals damage to a player, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. And then you can also tap Sir Kara and uh, deal one damage to any target. So uh, this is she's spicy. a Tim. Yeah, she's a Tim that gives you impulsive draw. And it's any time, whenever this or an instant or sorcery you control deals damage to a player, you get to exile that top card and you may play that card. So Yeah, so if you lightning bolt somebody, you kind of get pseudo card draw yeah. tacked on. That's very, very powerful. Yeah, this reminds me of Fire Summon Sunspeaker a little bit. Yeah, it's card advantage in red. I think this is Wizards pushing in the right direction for red. Yeah. Uh, really using that impulsive draw. This is pretty cool. My only, I think... Misgiving is that three red red is a lot. It, it comes out late, yeah, so to it feels start, like an enchantment almost. To start getting your value going that late is a little bit iffy, but still, I like this card a lot. I think um, it's pretty cool. It has the elements of why we like certain legendary creatures, which is has great uh, relevant text, and then the other text in the card allows you to do that text. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would actually probably throw this in my Neheb the Eternal deck because I do have lots of instant sorcery spells that do damage to people. Uh, and, you know, if you're able to get extra mana and card draw off it, then there's a good chance you're going to be using a lot of that. A suggestion I saw online is Wart the Raid Mother. 
yep. uh, which gives all of your green instants and sorceries uh, conspire. So as you cast a spell, you can tap two untapped creatures you control that share a color with it. And when you do, you get to copy it and choose new targets for the copy. And because right. Sarakara doesn't say whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, it's just whenever an instant or sorcery deals damage to a player. So Ward's going to let you get double triggers off of that. Yeah, now Sarakara would have to go in the Ward deck, yes, obviously, because yes. it's got green. Um, just any burn spell seems really good. Uh, yeah. Mana Clash is another <laughs> cool one. It's a red for a sorcery. You and target opponent each flip a coin. Mana Clash deals one damage to each player whose coin comes up tails. And then you repeat this process until both players' coins come up heads on the same flip. Yeah, so every single time, it Mana Clash itself deals damage in separate instances. So you're going to get extra triggers for Seracara as well. And that's just a really dumb card, so I don't know. I, I mean, I would play it, but I, I don't know <laughs> if it's great. But it works with Seracara really well. Uh, all right, you want to read the next one? Yep. Next up, Sir Eleonora, the discerning. That's discerning is what Josh and I are quite often on the show, especially when <laughs> I'm it not comes... always discerning, but when I am, uh, you'll know. I'm a human knight. That's blue. That's mono blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> three blue, blue for a human knight. It's a star slash four. Sir Sir Eleonora's power is equal to the number of cards in your hand, and when Sir Eleonora enters the battlefield, draw a card and spells your opponent's cast that target Sir Eleonora costs two more to cast. So I don't think this is a commander, but it does seem like a good potentially budget replacement just to have a you know a creature that draws you a card i guess so if i've cmc i mean you'd just always rather have mole drifter or something but yeah yeah i guess if you're gonna build a deck around it you'd want like blink to draw extra cards and right. unblockable because i i think you're hoping at some point that you draw enough cards that she is a huge threat that's gonna knock somebody out in one or two hits yeah in the chulain brawl deck you could probably put sir eleanor in there and right. maybe this goes into a rune deck of sorts all right, the next one is the green one. It's Sir Farron, the Henge Hammer. Green, green for a human knight. It's a 2-2. Whenever Sir Farron attacks, another target attacking creature gets plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is Sir Farron's power. Boring. Yeah, almost as boring as the white one. I, the only reason that this is potentially interesting is that you do have Sir Gwyn, and you could attach a giant equipment to him, and then you but get Sir Gwyn attacks. doesn't have green in it, so you can't oh, play this mind. card. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> you know what green's fine. So this is not as big of a travesty as white, where every yeah. time white has a legendary creature, it's an opportunity to help white as a color. Yeah, green doesn't need help, so whatever. They got one throwaway card. Yeah, it's not and a these big are deal. uncommons too, yeah. right? If it was that rare, maybe it adds trample. Maybe it adds something more than just plus X plus X. And maybe Sir Farron is not to attack okay but the next one is the big one and this one feels more like a rare than an uncommon and yes. it is sir conrad i mean the... potentially one of the more powerful legendary creatures in the entire set it's an uncommon it's also in black which we know is the winningest color already yeah we usually list out the cards in our outlines which you can get if you're a patron of the show and behind sir fair and the henge hammer we didn't even have a card recommendation yeah but we were just behind like sir conrad it's we're, we're talking three lines of cards here yeah so let's read it sir conrad the grim three black black for a human knight it's a 5-4. Whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield or a creature card leaves your graveyard, Sir Conrad deals one damage to each opponent. And for one in the black, you can uh, have each player put the top card of their library into their graveyard. So whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into a graveyard anywhere... So basically any time a creature is entering the graveyard... Sir right. Conrad is going to deal with one damage to each opponent. Not they just, just don't you. want it to occur when Sir Conrad dies. Yeah, so it's ex everyone except for him. Yeah, that's the... Uh, otherwise, they could say whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from anywhere... 
However, if you were playing this in standard and a, a copy of Sir Conrad was in your graveyard and then you exiled it from your graveyard, then the Conrad on the battlefield would do a damage. Sure, sure. But that's not happening in EDH. Um, this is very powerful. Uh, this There are a lot of conditions that can easily be met here by a lot of different cards. Yeah, I think this is one of those cards that can easily kale the whole table all at once, combo right. off, you know, self-mill, obviously, or just mass mill, because... A lot of this stuff counts your opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when a card le- creature card leaves your graveyard. Right. But it's when any other creature dies or is put into a graveyard, right? Yeah. But it's only your... So if you exile your own graveyard and it has a bunch of creatures in it, that's going to deal damage to your opponents. Yeah, I but believe ex- it's per instance. So if you, like, Bajuka yourself, it would get you get one trigger off this, I believe. Not each one. Whenever a creature card leaves your graveyard, I think it's... All of them? I don't know. Uh, judge. Judge. I believe, I believe it is. Yeah. I it think... doesn't say one or more. Usually they would say one oh, or more. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I believe you can do some pretty combo-y stuff where you self-mill yourself, deal a bunch of damage to somebody, exile your own graveyard, deal the rest of the damage. Uh, sorry, not to somebody, to each opponent. Each opponent, yeah. And that's what makes it really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of cards in Magic's history that do this, and this is definitely one of those decks that I think certain people will be very attracted to. The people that do like mill in general, this is kind of the guy for you. So Mindcrank is... A card that immediately comes to mind. It's when it's a two-mana artifact. Whenever an opponent oh, loses gosh. life, that player puts that many cards from the top of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So anytime anybody takes damage, they mill that many, which can make them take more damage. Because of Sir Conrad, just every which makes time. them mill Tame, again, again, and again. Which yeah. you could just get it into a chain where just everybody dies. Also, Painter Servant is now a thing, so you can just put that in this deck. Oh right, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Ultra of Dementia is something that you use for yourself. You get a Sack Creatures, which triggers... Um, Conrad. Yeah, and then, of course, more stuff might it happen. Makes, it makes people mill. Uh, Ultra of Dementia makes people mill when you sack a creature, so then you, they might take more damage. Yeah, yeah. or you're milling yourself, so very flexible there. And again, all these artifacts that we've talked about are two drops or one drops, like Ultra of the Brood. Whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under control, each opponent puts a top card of their library into their graveyard. So now you have three chances to get a creature. And then That's if, whenever you play a land. Whenever a permanent yeah, a enters permanent, the battlefield, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's something like Dark Deal, which is two <laughs> and a black for a sorcery. Each player discards all the cards in his or her hand then draws that many cards minus one so that's just uh creatures going to graveyards from anywhere yep yep um, dread summons x black black for a sorcery each player puts the top x cards of their library into their graveyard for each creature card put into a graveyard this way ah double relevancy you create a tapped two two black zombie creature token which by the way sir conrad does not say non-token on him. right so if you can sacrifice those zombies then all of a sudden yeah. you're dealing even more damage yeah uh it's pretty insane. Mesmeric Orb is two mana for an artifact whenever a permanent becomes untapped. A permanent. That permanent's controller puts the top card of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So you get this out, and every time people are going to cast spells and stuff, just untapping five lands, they mill five. How much damage are they going to take? Is everybody going to take from Sir Conrad? Yeah. And yeah. it all, it's like you said, all these things are low mana costs, so you can get them out, get Sir Conrad out. And, and stack them, too. Yeah. Imagine if you had two or three of these on the battlefield, and then every, all of a sudden you're just a trigger fest. Another card that we think is really pretty cool and broken with Sir Conrad is Necropotence. Just broken in general, but yeah, <laughs> it's already so. broken, and then you put it in a deck where this can be a kill condition, right? Yeah. So it's black, black, black for an enchantment. It says skip your draw step. Whenever you discard a card, this is the important part, exile that card from your graveyard. Mm. It doesn't say instead of putting it in your graveyard, right? So you put it into your graveyard, it hits the graveyard, and then you exile it from your graveyard. So for Sir Conrad, if it's a creature card, yeah. it'll trigger twice, right? That's a creature hitting... The graveyard from anywhere, and mm-hmm. then a creature leaving your graveyard. And Necropotence also says, pay one life, exile the top card of your library face down, 
put that card into your hand at the beginning of your next end step. This is all very important because that's before your discard phase, mm-hmm. which means you can be like, Necropotence, what am I at? Draw 39 cards. <laughs> discard 20 creatures. That's 40 damage to everybody because it's yeah. two per creature. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, super, super powerful. That's crazy. That's crazy because you're putting it into their graveyard and then it leaves your graveyard. Right. All I right. believe that's how it works. I think it is. Yeah. I, you know, as a non-rules expert myself, that is 100% how it works. I'm just calling it out now. No one We never have gotten any rules wrong ever, clearly, ever. so how could we possibly be wrong now? That's actually fascinating. Well, good job, Sir Conrad. You are broken. <laughs> Absolutely. And then there's a bunch of cards that allow you to exile graveyards. So once you have gotten to the point where your graveyard is big enough, you can now exile your own graveyard, and then that's a creature card leaving your graveyard, which means Sir Conrad will trigger. So imagine self-milling for 40 or 50, and your graveyard's just stacked, and then you say Bojukabog targeting myself, or does Bojukabog say opponent? Or uh, Relic of Progenitus is another one. Yeah, Relic of Progenitus, and that's all from all graveyards, All graveyards, yep. (laughs) Uh, Scavenging Grounds is, or Scavenger Grounds is another card that does that. Crypt, a lot of cards do this kind of thing. So Sir Conrad is actually very, very powerful. Um, I expect to see decks made out of this card. It's possible that it's the most powerful or one of the most powerful legends in the set. We'll talk about a few more that are, yeah, are probably up there. But pretty crazy. for an uncommon, pretty nuts. Yeah, pretty nuts. All right. So let's move on now to the... We're out of the uncommon night cycle, and now we're into the rares and mythics, the new yeah. legends. Yeah. And let's, there is a cycle as well here of monocolored legends. Um, that all cost three. That all, yeah, cost three of the mana, sometimes a little more, uh, as was the case of our preview card. Um yeah, I think is that maybe a sign because Theros is coming back. We know that Devotion might be coming back. Oh, interesting. That's what a lot of people are oh. sort of positing that theory out there. I did not even think about that. Yeah, I but think yeah, they're sort very... of planting the seeds for Devotion to come back. So that's why they have each color gets a, you know, black, 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 white, 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 green, I green, see. green, something in there. Okay. Well, there are some really exciting cards here as well. So let's start with Ayara, first of Lockthwain. Ayara, first of Lockthwain. Black, black, black for an elf noble. That's a 2-3. Is nobles a new thing in this it does seem it like it makes there me are... think of team fight tactics. Yeah, <laughs> I want that noble buff. There are a lot of nobles in this yeah. set, and I believe all of these monocolored legendaries with the three uh, in its casting cost are nobles as well. Noble tribal coming up soon. Let's go. <laughs> Whenever Ayara or another black creature enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life, and you can tap to sacrifice another black creature to draw a card. So Mono Black, again, with another very powerful legendary. I think this is a little maybe below Sir Conrad. Yeah, but still. Still awesome. This first card. It, we're going to talk about this first card a few times. A few times, this yeah. Episode, and, yeah. And it's it's a very powerful card. It's also gone up in price because of all the different ways it can be abused. It's Thornbite Staff. It's a weird card. It's a two-mana tribal artifact, shaman equipment. And it has, equipped creature has to pay two and tap. This creature deals one damage to any target. And more importantly, whenever a creature dies, untap this creature. And whenever a shaman creature enters the battlefield, you can attach Thornbite Staff to it. So that's why certain cards are very good, because you can play it, and then Thornbite Staff immediately equips it, because the equip cost is four. But with a card like Reassembling Skeleton, it's a black creature. Let's say you use Ayara to have... Ayara's got Thornbite Staff on her. She taps. She sacrifices the Reassembling Skeleton. It goes to the graveyard. Thornbite Staff triggers. She untaps. You draw on the card. You sacrifice another black creature. And now you have a creature you can return to the battlefield for two black to keep that process going. Especially if you're sacrificing the creature for mana to bring it back, like with altars and stuff like that. Yeah. But Thornbite doesn't care if she's the one that killed it. Right. So you can also tap her for, you know 
Oh, obviously you can tap her for her ability, but you can sacrifice her for the mana to sort of get into loops like that. Yeah, the loop is even better because of her sort of aristocratic ability. So right. now if you have, you know, a reassembling skeleton pairs great with the desecrated tombs of the world that, you know, it's an artifact that says whenever one or more creature cards leave your graveyard, create a 1-1 one, one black bat creature token with flying. By the way, this also kind of works with Sir Conrad. Yeah. Uh, so again, you're going to get the reassembling skeleton. You're just getting into loops where you're either drawing cards, but every single time you're at least draining people of life. Because reassembling skeleton, when you pay that cost and put it back on the battlefield, it left your battlefield. That makes you another mm -hmm. token that can then be sacrificed to uh, Ayara to draw a card and deal damage to your opponent. So you can get, yeah. Yep. There's so many cards that do stuff with cards leaving the graveyard. Um, it, it's just powerful. And of course, this one is just... Yeah, I mean, I think any mono deck black or mono black deck will consider running Crick Son of Yogmoth. Now it's four and then three Phyrexian black mana, which means you can pay either two life or black mana for each of those. So it's mm -hmm. usually four colorless mana or generic mana and six life. Has life link. It's a two two for each black mana in a cost. You may pay two life rather than pay that mana. So it turns all black mana on everything on your side into Phyrexian mana, and then whenever uh, you cast a black spell. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Crick, which is good because the lifelink. Obviously, this just allows you to cast all your stuff a yeah. lot earlier. And every if you're only paying one for Exian mana, you're actually only paying uh, you're paying one less life because Ayara is going to give you if it's a creature, it's right. going to drain that life back. Right. So that's how you can get these very long combo scenarios where you're just repeating the same thing over and over again, drawing tons of cards. In fact, Sir Conrad, Ayara, and Crick all are on the same deck. Right. Yep. Um, another really cool card is Maronar. I've never seen this card before. <laughs> Maronar. So, no, not, ugh, no yeah, thanks. Maronar. It's, it's gnawing on your bone marrow. It's three black black <laughs> for a legendary creature, Rat Rogue. It's a 2-3. It says rat creatures have fear, which means they can't be blocked except by artifact creatures and or black creatures. That's not important. The important part is you can tap it to sacrifice a rat, and then you create a 1-1 one, one black rat creature token where X is... Sorry, you create X 1-1 yep. one, one rats, where X is the number of rats you control. Remember, Maro Nar is a rat itself, so you always create one. Here's the thing. If you get a Thornbite Staff on Maro Nar while uh, Ayara is out, you tap Maro Nar, create, or, or sacrifice a rat, which untaps it because it has Thornbite Staff mm -hmm. on it, creates a rat, then you just Im immediately go infinite and kill everyone with Ayara's... Um, just need some rats. Yeah, with IRs, each opponent loses one life, and you gain one life whenever another black creature enters the battlefield. Yeah. So all you need is one rat to get it going, and then it's over. Again, it's important that it's entered the battlefield. It's not cast, uh, which just opens the door in terms of the ways that you can sort of abuse this card. Yeah. Uh, Shadowborn Apostles, you put this on the list. Yeah, because black creature entering the battlefield. Yeah, there's a lot. And uh, and you get into, again, you've seen the loops with like Edgewalker or Thrumming Stone or right. just putting somebody in an untenable position with, um, with uh, what's the name, Athreos, where yeah. they have to give them back to you and you're casting them for free and you just go, you know. Well, you're... let's add on another win condition to that, right? Now, every time I do that, I'm draining all my opponents. And if, if one of your opponents is at two and they can't pay the life for Athreos, then all of a sudden they have to give you the Shadowborn Apostles back and then you're just like, cast it, it for free off Edgewalker, sacrifice it, yeah. put it in, and they'll just kill everyone. So, yeah. so the, I guess the person at two will die the second time you do that and then you have to move on to the next <laughs> person. But still, it seems good. Yeah, it seems good. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of this card in terms of just like power level i don't know if black needs more help but i guess i guess it's getting it i mean like play Gravecrawler in this deck well Gravecrawler and phyrexian arena is a classic yeah uh infinite eat creatures et being thing because Gravecrawler is one black for a two one zombie and it says when you ca you may cast Gravecrawler from your graveyard 
as long as you control a zombie. So as long as you have Gravecrawler, a zombie, and a Yara out, you need Phyrexian or uh, Altar. Altar, not Arena. Not Arena, yeah. sorry, Altar. You sack the Gravecrawler for the black mana. It goes to your graveyard. Recast it. Recast it. Drains everybody for one because of Yara. Sack, sack it, it. Recast it. Sack recast it. Recast it. it. Sack Everyone's it. dead. Recast yeah. It. Sack that's it. A recast it. That's a classic combo that does a lot of things in a lot of different decks. But yep. um, Yawgmoth and Nest of Scarabs is the same sort of combo. Yeah, I love Yawgmoth a lot. Two black black for a legendary creature, human cleric, featured on game nights. It's a 2-4 protection from humans. You can pay one life, sacrifice another creature, put a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature and draw a card. And specifically, there's more text one, but Nest of Scarabs is an enchantment that says whenever you put one or more minus one minus one counters on a creature, create that many one one black insect creature tokens. So you're sacrificing a creature, paying one life, but all of a sudden a creature comes into the battlefield, and then Ayara is going to gain you that life back, drain an opponent, each opponent, and you draw a card. <laughs> so that's another loop you could kind of get into. Um, Lots of loops in this deck. It's it, it can be very powerful, I think. Yeah. Plague of Vermin. One more. We'll talk about one more. Six and a black for a sorcery. Starting with you, each player may pay any amount of life. Repeat this process until no one pays life. Each player creates a 1-1 one, one black rat creature token for each one life paid this way. I'm going to pay 40 life. Yeah. If you're a little bit above, then you're going to put in that many creatures that are black and just drain everybody. And you're going to get all the life back and yeah. deal them that much damage. They absolutely cannot pay any life and get any rats either because that's... Just double life and more rats for you. Yeah, that card seems really good in the deck. Yep, I like it a lot. All right, moving on to this next card. Now, Emery, Lurker of the Lock. Again, we're seeing an extremely powerful card. Yeah, this is another candidate for most powerful legendary in the set, right? Yeah, and for a flavor perspective, there aren't that many actual like legendary like figures from the Arthurian Tales. You're not going to see the Lady in the Water, but you're going to get Emery. This is Emery. Yeah. yeah, you're also not going to see like Goldilocks, but you're going to get similar things that are in that world. Right. Emery is clearly the Lady in the Water holding Excalibur, but yeah. they <laughs> renamed it. Uh, Emery Lurker of the Lock is two and a blue for a merfolk wizard, a one-two. Says spells cost one or this sorry spell. this spell oh costs gosh. yes that was <laughs> this spell Emery costs one less to cast for each artifact you control, and then and that can reduce the commander tax. Mm -hmm. When Emery enters the battlefield, you put four cards from the top of your library into your graveyard, so you Oof. mill yourself for four, and then you can tap Emery and choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast this that card this turn. You still pay its cost, and timing rules still apply. Mm -hmm. So it allows you to get back artifacts from your graveyard. Yeah. Uh, this is combo-tastic And it town. mills yourself each time it enters the yes. battlefield. So, so it, you... it opens up new artifact possibilities that you yeah. can cast, right? Yeah. So immediately, Genesis Chamber is one of those cards that pops to mind. It's a two-mana artifact. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield, if Genesis Chamber is untapped, that creature's controller creates a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token. So you cast Emery for the first time with this out. You get one artifact on the battlefield. If well, you have no other artifacts... Emery now costs one less to cast. Right, because the Genesis Chamber is a yeah. artifact as well. And then you have a Phyrexian... Oh, two less. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So then you have a Phyrexian Altar or an Ashnaz Altar. You sacrifice Emery, you get two mana back. Now you actually have, you know, that's three... You're basically going to be able to recast Emery over and over again. Mill yourself the out. Because tax is going to always pay for it, and then the Genesis Chamber is going to always make it cheaper and cheaper, and then boom, you mill everything in your deck really quickly in a single turn. Yeah, using yeah. blue mana. I think that's one of the things about Emery is the mill part of it is actually the most powerful part because of the way commanders work yeah. and the fact that you always have access to recast them. Self-milling yourself, turbo-milling yourself all the way out is 
pretty easy with a commander like this, especially yeah. when it has a cost reduction mechanic tied to it. Yeah, another great card is Mirrodin Besieged. It's two in the blue, uh, similar to the uh, Cons of Tarkir cycle of the, um, what are those called? The Sieges. Yep. You get to choose one of two options. Mirrodin is whenever you cast an artifact spell, you create one one colorless mirror artifact creature token, which is very relevant. You would think you would do that one, but you're probably going to do the other one. No, but the fact that you can do both <laughs> yep. is why this card is great. Phyrexian, if you choose the Phyrexian option, like Craig would, at the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard the card. Then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. So, so you just get to like, because you're going to have a million artifacts in the stack. Yeah. I can just see someone playing extra turn spells with this and just one, single turn, like winning on turn three. Yeah. Yeah. I milled myself with Emery and then I go, boom, you're dead. Extra turn, boom, boom you're dead. dead. Extra, extra turn, turn, boom, boom you're, you're dead. dead. Yeah. As usual, expropriate is very, very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are two cards that kind of go, quote unquote, infinite with Emery's second ability, which is tap, choose an artifact card in your graveyard, and then you may cast th that card this turn. So Mirren Spy says... It's two and a blue for a 1-3 with flying. And it says, whenever you cast an artifact spell, you may untap target creature. And then Chakram Retriever, which is from Battle Bond, is four and a blue for a 2-4. And it says, whenever you cast a spell during your turn, mm -hmm. untap target creature. So what you can do is tap Emery, choose an artifact in your graveyard, cast it. And then when you've cast that spell, you untap Emery, and that allows you to tap Emery again. And what you can really do is go nuts with zero cast artifacts. Yep. So like Lotus Petal... Uh, you'll go infinite on mana, right? Because you cast it for zero, you sack it, you say add a blue, mm -hmm. and then... Untap Emery. You untap Emery because you cast the Lotus Petal. So you tap and say, I'm going to recast my Lotus Petal. Right. Cast it, untap Emery, sack it. So now you've just gone infinite on mana with those three cards. You've cast infinite number of spells when they have those other cards. Yeah, and you can make infinite tokens. There's so many ways. That if, and then you have a, you can mill someone else out. And then once you have infinite mana, yeah, exactly. You If you have a sack outlet, you can sack and recast Emery as many times as you want yep. and turbo mill yourself. Uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, very expensive, but another card that would work here because you don't care if you're discarding your hand because you can access the cards in your yeah. graveyard with Emery. Um, so that'll go infinite on man as well. You can also do like Mishra's Bobble, which you can sacrifice to look at the top card of target player's <laughs> and library. Draw and draw card. cards, yeah. You're going to draw it on the beginning of the next turn's upkeep, but you can just use this as a draw engine. Right. Uh, also, you're storming off when you do this, so you can do all the normal storm stuff with Aetherflux Reservoir and stuff because you're casting yeah. Mishra's Bobble or Lotus Petal or whatever over and over again. Uh, so that's another way to go nuts. Uh, there's another combo with Intruder Alarm, which is also going to get mentioned a couple of times this episode. It's two in the black for an enchantment. Or two in the blue, I'm sorry, for an enchantment. Creatures don't untap during their controller's untap steps. And whenever a creature enters the battlefield, untap all creatures. So it's just another way to get Emery to untap. But then you're pairing it up with, again, like zero-cost cards like Ornithopter. They right. can recast over and over again. So there's a creature coming in and then untapping Emery. And if you can sack it, you can gain mana every time. So it's pretty easy to... Um, like with an altar, go infinite mana. Or you can use one of these next two cards and just win the game with that combo. Yeah, like the grinding station and the blasting station. Both, again, featured on Game Nights a long, long time ago. Yeah, it was uh, your... Uh, it was my combo Silas tastic. Ren? Yeah. Si Kylo and, Ren? And, and I always want to say you, Kylo Ren. Kylo, if you look at Silas Ren's text, Emery's very similar. Right. Right? It's the ability to cast an artifact card from your graveyard. Emery's and, just better because you can... Do, do it, it multiple times where yeah. there's no way to make Silas Ren really do that yeah, for you. Yeah, and Silas has to deal combat damage, so so Emery, good job. Uh, Grinding Station is a two-mana artifact. You tap at the second artifact. Target player puts the top three cards of the library into their graveyard, and whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, you may untap Grinding Station. So, again, lots of ways to just get Emery to untap constantly, replay these zero-cost spells, make other people mill. And Blasting Station uh, is basically a pinger that you sack a creature, and it deals one damage to any target. 
Um, and then whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you untap you Blasting Station. So Ornithopter, or, um, there's a bunch of zero-cost uh, little teeny creatures that are artifacts. Yeah, or Either, Emery herself even. Yeah, so yeah. with Intruder Alarm, uh, that will work really well because, again, it's untapping Emery every time, allowing you to recast the thing. The Then you use the Blasting Station or the Grinding Station, sack it, goes back to the graveyard, Emery untaps, keeps going over and over and over yeah. again. Uh, Thornbite Staff also works here because mm -hmm. it can stand in for Intruder Alarm. When a creature dies, untap Emery. So Ornithopter dying will untap Emery. Uh, that, there's just a ton of little combos like that in the deck. Yeah, um, I think these cards are really powerful. The only thing that worries me that if you decide to build Emery or Sir Conrad is that the gameplay kind of tends to be the same. Yeah, you're going to you win. You just want to set up the thing and then use that thing to win. Which is... Very indicative, usually, of extremely powerful, you know, CEDH level decks, yeah. right? They almost always do win in the same way. So these are going to be, you know, you're going to do a Lab Man win or something like that in these in the most powerful versions of these decks. Yeah. I think Emery can be built casually and just be fun. Like, I'm going to get some value out of fun my graveyard. But out, yeah. it can also be built very combo-y. I think, you know, we always say this. Is it, like, top-tier competitive? It's hard to tell, but probably not. It would have to, like... Mono blue is just really good and competitive, and it has yeah, to be better than has, Urza, has yeah. to be better than Fairy, <laughs> has to be better than a lot of these two. So, but it's definitely going to be in the top ten percent of decks in EDH for sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it's very, very easy to cast Emery turn one. Yeah, because of the her lines of text. All right, moving on. Uh, next, we've got our preview card, which we won't go into super detail here, but it's Gadwick the Wizened. If you want a deep dive, we did an entire episode about this uh, That's right. last week. So please check that out. We're only going to briefly cover what we talked about there. It's blue, 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 and X for a human wizard. It's a 3-3. Three, three. It says, when Gadwick enters the battlefield, draw X cards. Uh, there's a little addendum to that I want to talk about. But his second ability mm -hmm. is whenever you cast a blue spell, target or tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls. There were some people worried because in the old uh, competitive rules, the X would technically not work, but Eli Schifrin, who is the rules manager at Wizards, and this totally makes sense. We didn't address this. We sh maybe should have, but didn't occur to me that they would print a card that they knew didn't work. They're changing yeah. the rules slightly on how X works in this situation, so you will draw the cards. Yeah, uh, before X on the battlefield wouldn't affect the CMC, so all of a sudden then you wouldn't have an X So cost. it would technically yeah. draw zero, which obviously yeah. they wouldn't design a card that did that. So. I think Eli said he didn't want to make the rules change until the card was previewed because it would give away the card in a way. Yeah, was or just wouldn't make sense, I think. Yeah, it's like, yeah. why are like, you doing that? Are you doing There's that? no card that cares. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so anyway so yeah there's lots of ways to obviously make infinite mana in blue yeah win again win with lab maniac or uh, the new jace yeah and then josh recommended will breaker which would break some wills because now you're tapping things and just stealing, stealing them yeah. yeah but yeah please do check out our preview episode and you'll find out a lot more about gadwick the wizened and how some wise people right here might build him <laughs> all right all right next up we have grum gully the generous one red and a green for a three three legendary creature goblin shaman thornbite staff each other non-human creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. So I think this immediately is like, hey, token decks make a bunch of tokens, and they're all going to be bigger. Red and green, typically good for that kind of effect. Right, yeah. Plus one, plus one counter theme, it's pretty well established. There's a lot of cards that sort of work with that, so not super exciting. Um, some stuff I've seen online, people uh, mentioning that Persist is really good with Grumgully, right? 
Oh, because they don't the plus one plus one counter negates the negative no one negative one counter that gets put on it, right? Right. So if you have like Woodfall Primus, I think, in a sack outlet, then you could just kind of blow up everything. Oh my gosh. Or like Glenalendra. I mean, obviously couldn't go in the Grumgully deck. It would have to be in a different shell, but right. uh there are maybe ways to abuse that since you can just sacrifice the creature forever. Also, just any persist creature with like Ashna's altar is infinite mana. Yeah, maybe Grumgully's really good then with uh in an Animar deck if you're gonna play that mole drifter. There you go. Because you're gonna get Animar a plus one plus encounter two in the kins of the battlefield i got yeah sure yeah, start uh, off the train a little bit yeah so there's some combo potential but ultimately not super exciting all right we're going to continue with our review of all the new legendary creatures but we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, moving on. Let's talk about a very talked about card. Another potential candidate for most powerful legendary in the set. That's three, and we are not even... Well, I guess we're like kind of... Getting, about halfway through. through. Yeah, about halfway through, yeah. Um, this is also the buy a box promo mm-hmm. for... So it doesn't actually come in the booster packs. Yep. Uh, uh, go ahead. Jeez. Oh, All right, it's Feldegriff, the returned king. <laughs> His name is Kenrith. Sorry, guys. It's four and a white for a human noble. That's a 5-5. Five, five. Good rate. It has five abilities on it, and just like Feldegriff, each one of them is assigned to a single color, just like Chromat, actually. Right, right. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Maybe it's better. For one red mana, for a single red mana, all creatures gain trample and haste until end of turn. All creatures? So you can even do it for your opponents if you want. Yeah. Okay. For one in the green, that's two mana now, you get put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Sure. Sure. For a two and a white, that's three mana, target player gains five life. All right. For three in the blue, target player draws a card. Hmm. And for four in the black, put target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under its owner's control. Kenrith does not need to tap for any of these. That's the big problem with this card because it's an infinite. If you get infinite mana, which we know is easy to do because we always talk about it. Now that you have five colors. 
Yeah, it's easy to do in just blue. So it's very easy to do now that you add black and every black tutor to it yeah. and all the other colors and their ways to go infinite with mana. If you ever go infinite with mana, you immediately win the game with Kenrith in a number of ways, right? Yeah. Gain infinite life. That'll probably win you the game. Target player draws a card. Mill everybody out. That'll probably win the game. Or yeah. you could choose to draw all the cards yourself and then cast all the cards because you have infinite mana. And then you can also give all the stuff you cast haste. And trample. And you can put plus one plus one counters in all of them. So they're, <laughs> so they're going to get in. They're going to be huge. Kenrith yeah. is a card that is just like a big circle of synergy. He, every single thing he does just happens to go well with itself. But more importantly... It's Staff of Domination, the legendary creature, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But more powerful because for a single red mana, all creatures gain trample and haste until end of turn. Now there are a lot of fun politics that people are talking about this. Like obviously someone else is attacking. Hey, I can give your creatures trample and haste. Maybe I'll put make this bigger or whatever. And I think that's a lot of fun. But I think competitive players are drooling at this card. Uh, or more spiky players in general, just because it has so many options. And I think for the most part, you're going to see this used as just a powerful commander as opposed to a Feldegriff group hug commander. Yeah, I just wish they would stop making these cards that are basically like if you get infinite mana you win because it's so easy to get infinite mana and like yeah it's a kenrith bit... gadwick all fit that role <sighs> emery all three of them fit that role and so kenrith is even more egregious than the others because all you don't <laughs> every color <laughs> you don't need anything else on it you don't even need a sack outlet you, yeah. once you have infinite mana the abilities on the card give you it's thrasios basically but five color it costs a little bit more to get out obviously i i just think yeah, I, I think it's too bad because I like five, five color generals. I like a lot of different abilities on cards. Maybe you had to make it so that he, he had to tap to do this stuff or something. Maybe, to, yeah. Then you need one more piece, right? Some way to untap it to make this really go off. Um, but it is undoubtedly uh, very powerful. Yeah, and I think it, the silver lining is that it's exciting for a casual crowd. Because I think this is the kind of card that's like, you want to build five color general, but you don't want to do like the Morophon tribal thing. Well, Kenrith is here for you. And he's a human. Everyone loves humans. I think all of the abilities are kind of overcosted, though, if you're not abusing it with infinite mana, right? Like, besides maybe four and a black, put a creature from your graveyard yeah. onto the battlefield. The it's rest, some burial four rights. mana for a card, three mana to gain five life, two mana for a one-one counter. Okay, one red to give everything trample and haste is also efficient. That's those efficient, those yeah. middle three are not very efficient. And so, any, and there are a lot of cards that do save three in a blue draw card. Yeah. You know, there's a new fairy in the set that does it. So it almost says you have to create a ton of mana. Yeah. Might as well go infinite. And so it's just going to push you in that direction, I think. Yeah, unless, I mean, again, and if you are one taking this more casual, you could just make a five color deck that has the upside of occasionally being able to use his abilities. But. Will anyone believe you? Yeah. That's, that's what you I mean, it's you've the done. same when you play Emery. Like, it's a fun artifact jank deck. It's that's like, true. Yeah, also has the ability to kill all of us right now. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little dicey. The first couple of games might not be easy because they just get knocked out. All right. Oh, that was a fail. <laughs> made it back. Okay. Oh, man, I thought that one was going to come back, too. <laughs> all right. Uh, on to the next. Oh, no. It's a human Did noble. A... Oh, yeah. It's uh, Linden, the steadfast queen. You didn't float that one away. No, did I didn't. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is our white devotion card. So it's white, white, white for a human noble, 3-3 three, three, with vigilance. It says whenever a white creature you control attacks, you gain one life. <sighs> what did we say earlier about every time they print a mono white legendary, it is an opportunity to help white out as a color? Even just a little bit. They have not helped white at all yet. No. Yeah. This is just boring, boring, boring. Yeah. Uh, it's the same as the other ones. Like whenever your, your creature attacks, everyone gets plus one, plus one. Woo! It's like, okay. We have cards that whenever creatures enter the battlefield, you get life. This one's like harder to get to trigger yeah. than that. And the, and those cards like cost one mana. <laughs> one white mana. Yeah. Uh, I think Linden is just here for flavor. 
and to complete the cycle. Missed opportunity, though. Like, you could be doing something that helps white out as a color. Yeah, and, like, honestly, if they're trying to balance for standard, then why not just make this, like, three white, 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 and then make it something much more powerful? Yeah, well, sure, make the... I don't know. Give us one, right? There's the uncommon knight. There's this one. Make one of them good in commander. Meanwhile, the black cards in this so far are all... Awesome. Like, if you look at the power... If you put it between one and ten... Yeah, the white where ones are Lynn, twos. Where does, not even two. This is like a two, maybe <laughs> the, a one well, and a half. Well, one's got to be a three, three for two. Okay, for, right. It's just three, a regular right? yeah, yeah, it has no ability. creature. Yeah, yeah, this okay. is barely above that. Yeah. I mean, a three, three vigilance for three mana is like, okay, cool. Sure, Conrad is better than if you took both the mono white commanders so far and stapled Stacked them, them together. together. Yeah. yeah. And made it cost less. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Come on, wizards. Help white out here. Please. Please. All right. On to the next one. This one's really fun. It's called Questing Beast, which is a very strange card that doesn't have the word the in front of it to be a legendary creature. Yeah, it is weird that it doesn't have a name, right? Yeah, like the Get Rock Monster. Or it could just be Blargle, the Questing Beast. Nope, just Questing Beast. Okay. I'm going to oh. call him Blargle from now on. Hold. It's Blargle. <laughs> no, we call him Questing Beast around these parts. <laughs> it's two green green for a beast, 4-4. Four, four. It has Vigilance, Death Touch, and Haste. Okay, that is already pretty sweet. Questing Beast can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Can't wait to play this in Limited. <laughs> oh, it's just a beating in Limited. <laughs> Combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. Only creatures you control. Only creatures you control. Very yep. important. Whenever Questing Beast deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to target Planeswalker that player controls. So you can hit them and also and hit, hit the, the Planeswalker. Planeswalker. Yeah, yeah. That's... Which is actually, in a lot of decks that need an opponent to lose life, kind of relevant. Yep. Um, one card or a type of card that I thought was really funny are... Anytime you play any fogs, it's a one-sided fog. Right. right? You're like, your stuff doesn't deal damage, mine still does. Yeah, because a fog will say prevent all common damage that would be dealt this turn. However, common damage that will be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. So I think it's just, you swing in. Constant miss already in a very powerhouse card. Yeah. becomes ridiculous in this deck because now it's an offensive card. Yeah, which is very interesting to think about. Yeah, that's... Uh, Fogs are, are pretty sweet with this guy. I really yeah. like it. I mean, other than that, I'm not terribly excited about this card, to be honest. It's, no. It's, it, Trample maybe gets better, in the, but Trample is already He's pretty good. He's uh, got Death Touch, so you only have to sign one yeah. damage if you give it Trample, too. I mean, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a car, in a deck like Nikia, the old ways. Just tons of creatures. Vinny, yeah, a lot of creatures. You don't want to use cards like this. Um, Fantasy the Warweaver was one I found online. Uh, it's three black, red, and a green for a 5-5 five, five with Vigilance and Reach. All creatures attack each combat if able, and whenever a creature attacks you or a Planeswalker, you can draw, you get to play plus one, plus one counter on Thantis. So it's kind of one of those, everyone go after each other, but I got Questing Beasts to make it harder. And if you have a lot of fogs, then mm-hmm. that works well with Thantis too, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, the next one is Rankle, Master of Pranks. I just think of Christine... When I see this, Christine Rankle. It's Sprankle, Master of Prankles. <laughs> she is. I would put her up there. I don't know if she's a Master of Pranks. Probably. Sorry, I meant Christine, not Rankle. Rankle is definitely <laughs> a Master of Pranks. Two black, black, fairy rogue, three, three, flying in haste. Whenever Rankle deals combat damage to a player, choose any number of the following. Each player discards a card. Hmm. Each player loses one life and draws a card. Each player sacrifices a creature. Rankle, again single-handedly better than every other white creature that we've talked about. Yep. And <laughs> Combined. 
So you don't have to choose all three, but you can. So you can make everybody discard it, then everybody draw and lose a life, and then everybody sack a creature. I mean, usually my guess is you're going to be doing the discard and sacrifice ones. Yeah, and you're going to play like bitter blossoms on your side of the battlefield with a lot of fairies to make sure that you're not sacrificing bad things. Yeah, um, and you're going to want and you're going to reanimate cards. stuff out of the graveyard. Yeah, totally. Uh, there's obviously cards like waste knot and bone miser, which mm-hmm. care about either you or your opponents discarding cards, and they give you a variety of benefits. So both of those are good when everyone's discarding cards. Yep. Geth Grimoire, four mana artifact. Whenever an opponent discards a card, you may draw a card. So you kind of hit parity, which is well, nice. no better than that, right? Because all three are going to oh, discard. Right. You get to draw three cards. So you're going to draw three cards one. and discard one. Okay. Card. Yeah, that's cool. that's pretty brutal. Um, what's the next one? Oh, Ronus the Indomitable. Ronus is two and a green for a Death Touch, indestructible, five five. And it can't attack or block unless you control a creature with four or greater. But you pay two and a green, and another creature gets plus two, plus zero, and trample until end of turn. So giving Rankle Trample guarantees you're going to deal combat damage and allows you to, you know, always get the trigger. Because that's the way Rankle can kind of be stopped. Yeah. Is, oh, I just block. Yeah, I think you want to put rank. I don't think Rankle is a good commander because this also just reads "I hate you" on it, which is well, like, everyone like, make us discard. You're gonna make us do this and sack all the time. Like, oh gosh, or are you playing Grave Pact in there? Oh yeah, Dictate of Erebos. Both yeah. of those are gonna be a little bit brutal, but yeah, you're. I I don't know. I think you, there's enough like. Um, there's the land that lets you give your thing fear. There's Rogue's Passage. Right. Maybe you give Whisper Silk Cloak, so you're just always going to get in with it. You know, a little bit of Shroud might make it hard to kill. And then all of a sudden, everyone making your opponents all discard a card and sacrifice a creature every turn. Yeah, it does have haste, too, so it's doing it the turn it comes in. It's possible that very quickly, within only a couple of turns, they're just out of stuff. I don't even know if you need to have other enablers like whisper silk cloak because having a flying a flyer in the air we've seen so many times you're there and it's and the fact that affects each player yeah. so you only need to hit one person it's not like that person is going to be the one that discards only that's true there's almost always one player you're going to be able to swing into if you have a flyer yeah yeah interesting so i think it's it's definitely better than all the mono white ones it's it's not maybe it's definitely not as powerful as sir conrad or one of those no, but no but interesting i think you could build a deck around it you're right though as soon as I see Red Claw, I'm like, oh, I'm killing that thing every time. I don't yeah. want to discard cards. Or I'm going to make sure I have a blocker. But even then, you have to make sure everyone else has yeah. a blocker so it's easier just to you get just rid of it. You just hold your removal and then try and kill it. Yep. All right, next up, Tobron, Thane of Red Fell. It's the red cycle for the noble cycle. It's one red, red, red for a dwarf noble. It's a 2-4. If a red source you control would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls, it deals that much damage plus two instead. Mm. This is just right. Right at my heart right here. It's funny because uh, while you were in New Zealand, DJ and I did an episode. We called it the Commander Wish List, and it was all the things we thought were missing from the format that we wish existed. And I was like, I want a werewolf commander and blah, blah, blah. And we both said, like, we Red needs something to sort of even it out, even it out for multiplayer because all the cards have specific numbers on them that are yeah. balanced for 1v1 and 20 life. And this is a card that can kind of even the playing field for red for multiplayer and 40 life yeah and a card like heartless hitatsugu is one that works very well with this because it's a creature that you tap and it deals damage to each player equal to half that player's life total rounded down and normally it's like oh we all lose the same amount of life if we die we kind of die together but now with tobran out it's going to deal that much damage to them but plus two plus two to your opponents right yeah so not to you so they're actually going to lose half their life and then lose another two on top of it which means that if you're racing them with heartless hitatsugu you're going to win because they're just going to be sinking slower lower and lower than you do each time yeah that's uh that's pretty cool uh harsh mentor is another good one you put down which is uh, a two drop creature 
it's meant for like aggro decks and like modern, right? But yeah. it's it's a one in red for a two two human cleric. Whenever an opponent activates an ability of an artifact, creature, or land on the battlefield, if it isn't a mana ability, Harsh Mentor deals two damage to that player. It would now deal four damage. Yeah, every time you tap a soul ring. Well, no, it's got it's not a mana oh, it's ability. Not a ability. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. Whatever. But anytime you, I... you tap a creature, land, or artifact for anything but mana, yeah, yeah you yeah. take four. That's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of damage. It's a lot. Yeah, exactly. It's a tenth of your life. That's 10% of your <laughs> yeah. life every single time. Uh, obviously, very good with Perforos, God of the Forge. Oh, um, man. So now every good. creature's doing four damage when it comes in. You only have to get 10 creatures out and it's over. Yeah. Uh, Pyrohemia as well. It's sort of oh. the pay one red, deals one damage to every single thing, and now it's doing three damage. One red mana, three damage to all your opponents. Yeah. Like, very easy to play Pyrohemia and just win the game. Impact Tremors. It- each creature does three damage every time it enters the battlefield. It's just a lot of a boys. Oh, Impact Tremors is really good because it's now better than Perforos, but it only costs like two mana to get Impact Tremors out, yeah. right? Yeah, that's crazy. Torbrand just opens a lot of those possibilities up. Here's um, a new card that I thought was interesting. Yeah, uh, it's Aria of the Flame. It's two and a red for enchantment. When Aria of the Flame enters the battlefield, each opponent gains ten life. <laughs> we didn't like this card in the set review. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a verse counter on Aria of the Flame. Then it deals damage equal to the number of verse counters on it to target player or planeswalker right so it's it before it was just take too long for you to get back to that life you gave back but now with one verse counter does three damage with two it does four with so especially if you're playing a deck that's built around this effect like my again like my neheb the eternal deck wants to have this kind of effect often and now tobrin just gives every single card just a slight bump in power level and just having a creature do that it's nice because I'm already playing the Dictate of the Twin Gods in the deck. Yes. I'm already doing things I want to bust up the the, oh, the, man. With the damage. Yeah. Now it's a plus four. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about Tobrun is that it doesn't affect yourself. Yeah. So it actually makes all of those Dictate cards slightly better because oftentimes in these types of decks, you're racing to the finish to not die first. Right. You, want to you die have to be last. a little ahead of everybody. Or... Being a little ahead, Tobrun makes that sort of possible. It makes a lot of cards really efficient. So something simple like Blazing Volley, which is one red mana for a sorcery, and it deals one damage to each creature your opponents control. <laughs> It's three mana for one. It's lightning <laughs> bolts all their creatures now. Like, <laughs> I think that's what's really powerful about Tobron is the fact that it now makes red cards super efficient. Yeah. Firebrand Archer is kind of similar. It's a one and a red for a two one. And whenever you cast a non-creature spell, the Firebrand Archer deals one damage to each opponent. So, so it becomes just, better than Gutter Snipe now for yeah. this two drop. That's yeah. actually really crazy. Gutter Snipe also would be very, very good, yeah. by the way. It deals four <laughs> to all of your opponents. Yeah. It all works out. It all worked out in the end. Um, all right. We got one more before we get to the Brawl Commanders here. Yep. It is. It's the it's the green Devotion one, right? Yeah. It's Yorval. What was the name you came up with the other guy? Blargle? Blargle. This is Yorvo. Yorvo, Lord of Garenbrig. Green, green, green for a giant noble. It's a zero, zero. And it enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it. Whenever another green creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Yorval. Then if that creature's power is greater than Yorval's power, put another plus one plus one counter on Yorval. So Yorval gets really big, really fast. Again, plus one plus one counter's theme is just very well established. Yeah, and this is, you know, it's whatever. It's a big creature. In, in decks that want to have big creatures and want to, you know, satisfy certain conditions by having a lot of power on the battlefield, Yorval can be one of those things that can slowly get out of hand. But the problem is that, like, 
you got to play a, a six drop to give two counters to Yorvo or a six six or something, you know? A five, oh, yeah, you're right. It has to be six power. I mean, yeah, if it's a five a five, point. then Yorvo just climbs up one, but I think you want to try and. You, know, you obviously have hardened scales and all that stuff in there, too. Yeah. Eh, it's kind of boring, but again, green is fine. So it's okay yeah. for green to get some boring legendaries once in a while. It's not the same as white, which is not yeah. fine. Yeah, because it's the lens that we look at it through. Whenever white gets a legendary, we ask, can it be a commander? Can it please be good? Because right now there's no white deck I really want to build, maybe Avacyn. Yeah. And then, no, Even you just then, let down. Yeah. Green is like, ah, I got tons of options. So yeah. Silvalas and everything of the world, so who cares? Yeah, so we don't mind so much. Okay. Now we're going to move on to the Brawl Commanders. Um, we are doing mini-sodes for each of the Brawl pre-cons, and we're going over. We've had a couple of them come out. There's probably a couple more still to come. I'm not sure of the timing because we're kind of recording this stuff all ahead of time. But we're going to do like short 15 to 20 minute episodes on how to take the Brawl pre-con and for relatively cheap, upgrade it to a full-on commander deck. We give a full list of what 40 cards we would add in there so you can get it up to speed. So we're There's not going to... Yeah, I, I, definitely check out those episodes um, and we're going to talk a lot more about them as well. But we're just going to sort of briefly go over what we talked about here. Yeah, so here also we'll take the opportunity maybe to ta- talk about some of the more expensive cards that we couldn't put in those mini episodes because right. we're kind of holding ourselves to a budget. So the first one of these Brawl Commanders is a Layla Artful Provocateur. She is one and Esper. I'm doing this from memory. Uh, for a flying Death Touch Lifelink 2-3. Mm-hmm. She says, other, flyer cre- other flying creatures you control get plus one, plus zero. Yep. And whenever you cast an artifact or enchantment, you get a 1-1 one, one blue flying fairy creature token. Yeah, the, dang, good job. Did we do it? I think so. There's a lot of text on that card. Um, so she creates fairies when you cast artifacts or enchantments, and then she pumps your fairies. There's a whole bunch of ways to go. I think the most powerful version of this deck is almost certainly like some sort of KCI, Clark clan ironworks yeah KCI combo-y is so good. deck right which uh, that's an artifact that's astronaut astronaut's altar for artifacts yeah you sacrifice an artifact and you make two mana um and what you're doing is you're using the classic like scrap trawler mirror retriever these are cards that allow you to recycle uh artifacts from your graveyard to your hand in battlefield and you just yeah. in modern it was a deck for a long time before they banned a bunch of pieces out of it but it allows you to just kind of like get into these uh loops of things yeah artifacts just coming in entering and the whole time you're doing that with Alela, you're getting fairies and stuff and you can use those fairies in interesting ways to maybe sack for more mana uh grand arbor architects a really good one you want to read it yeah this is a card that i've always wanted to put in decks it yeah. just seems like it has so much power it's one blue blue for a one three vidalcan artificer other blue creatures you control get plus one plus one and you can pay blue to Target artifact creature becomes blue until end of turn. Interesting. And you can tap an untapped blue creature you control, add colorless, colorless, spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. So you turn artifacts creatures into blue creatures, and then you can tap those blue creatures if you don't already have them, and boom, you just add two colorless mana to Uh, cast And your fairies are blue. Yeah. So every time you cast an artifact, you make a fairy. And the thing about Grand Architect is it doesn't give the creature the ability. It says tap an untapped blue Mm -hmm. creature you control, which means... There's no summoning sickness for that. Yeah, you can just tap 50 creatures, give yourself 100 mana. And as soon as you cast an artifact, you can tap that creature again that turn immediately. Uh, so this is a way to turn all those Alela shenanigans. The fairies you're getting, yeah. you don't need haste to like attack with them. They just create more mana that allows you to... You're going to just combo off, basically, is what's going to happen. Yeah, Alela gives you the possibility of like, oh, I have a bunch of small creatures and they're all plus one plus oh, and they're going to hit you in the air. Like That is, I think, an alternate win con. I think the way that you really make this deck come is like what you said. Just artifact combo shenanigans. Yeah, I think that's almost certainly the best version of the deck. Although a lot of people are looking to build enchantment versions, Mm -hmm. which does work. And a lot of the ways that you would pump the fairies are with enchantments like 
Cathar's Crusade and and uh, what do we call those anthem effects anthem and things effects, like that. Yeah. So I think that is a way to go to you know lean into the token fairy side. I just think it's probably less powful than the artifact. Yeah, you're KCI an expert stuff. too, right? Yeah. You, you don't have green or white in yeah. the well, colors. Yeah, well, you have white. You're so, right, right, yeah. right. Sorry, sorry. You don't have green. Yeah. Uh, which I think is really how, what, when, when you get rewarded for those sort of Yeah, because you don't get double and season parallel lives, and you also don't get the um, Crater Hope Behemoth stuff. Yep. Uh, next up, we got Chulain, Teller of Tales. A lot of talk about this card. All right, this is also from memory. It's two in Bant for a 2-4 with Vigilance. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you draw a card, and you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, and you can pay three mana to tap Chulain to return target creature you control to its owner's hand. Wow. Wow. Oof. And Chulain, well, something we should mention is it doesn't say another target creature you control to its owner's hand, so Chulain can protect himself. Himself, yeah. Which is really annoying when you're playing against it. It's unfortunately just a five-mana card, but, you know, Rune is expensive yeah. as well, and it's incredibly powerful. So so is Chulane. Um We talk about this on the episode quite a lot, but I think a card like Intruder Alarm is going to yep. be very good in this deck because you're going to be untapping a lot of creatures that tap for mana, which is the kind of creature you want to play in this deck because they're cheap. And they're going to ramp you, but they're also going to be able to give you a lot of triggers off of Chulain. Yep. Um, Cloudstone Curio is a card we talked about, a way to bounce cards back to your hand over and over again. You got like your White Mane Lions as well. Alluren is a bit oh, more of an expensive card, is, but this yeah. card is just nuts in this deck. It's two green green for an enchantment. Any player may cast creature spells with CMC three or less without paying their mana cost, and as though they had flash. Uh, it's so good in this deck. I think a lot of decks would be like, sweet, I can totally abuse this, but the Chulain deck is like, this is my entire deck. And also, <laughs> if you just have a White Name Main Lion or something, it now becomes bounce itself bounce forever, up. draw your entire deck, put all your lands into play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, and then the way to like really win is cards with Overburden and Mana Breach, both of which punish players for playing spells or creatures at, by returning lands they control to their owner's hand. However, because you're getting parity on the lands that you play with Chulain, you're, you're always going to be fine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you also have elf, elf Ball put down here. Yeah. So you can, because Elves are very cheap creatures that also create a lot of mana really quickly, so you can snowball out of control with Chulain, drawing all the cards to replace that stuff, and then win with, like, Azuri Renegade Leader, yep. which uh, allows you to pump all your Elves. Even Crater Hoof and stuff will work in that Yeah, and then Azuri's War Caller is the same thing. Just puts a bunch of plus and plus counters. Find a way to give them all trample, and boom, your Elves become mighty fighting machines. All right, let's talk about it. the next one is Corvald, Fey Cursed King. All, All right. right. It's two and Jund for, for a 4-4 four, 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 Flying flyer. Dragon. Yep. It says when it enters the battlefield or attacks, you sacrifice a permanent. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you sacrifice a permanent, play a plus one, plus one counter on Corvald and draw, draw a card. card. Hey, we're doing great. Yeah. Hopefully we're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're right, and that's what matters. Yeah, this is actually <laughs> a very powerful card, and if I had to pick one of the Brawl decks... When you're playing against all of the Brawl decks together, yeah. that was the most powerful consistently. Inherently, yeah, this this I one. would say Corvald, which is surprising because you would think Chulain, but the problem is the entire table knows Chulain is very strong and Chulain gets removed. Whereas Corvald is strong, does get removed, but that deck just tends to work better on its own without Corvald out. And it then also if you, it has the ability to go off you the turn you play it. Yeah. And it just chugs along. So if Corvald dies, you're still doing stuff whereas a lot of the other decks, if you don't have a Lail out, you're not doing much. If you don't mm-hmm. have Chulane out, you're not doing much. If you don't have Sir Gwyn out, you're not doing much. Corvald's like, nope, I'm still sacking creatures and getting a ton of value even if he's not out. And if he is out, you're turbocharged drawing a million cards. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about some of the stuff in here. This is aristocracy style, sacrifice your own stuff type of deck. Yep. I love Sylvan Safekeeper in this yeah. deck. It protects him as well as gives you a way to sacrifice things. It's green for a 1-1. One, one. You can sack a land and target creature you control, gain Shroud until end of turn. So you're probably targeting Corval when it comes to that. I really like Brass's Bounty, which is six and a red for a sorcery, and you create a treasure token oh, for, for each, each land you control. control yeah. And treasures are so good with Corvald because you sack them for mana and then draw a card because you sack something, make it bigger. So you can get like, I get nine treasures. A lot of times that's not that great because you already had nine land. 
But in this case, that's nine cards and nine plus one plus one counters on Corvald. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, Dictate of Erebos and Grave Pact obviously are very good here because you're going to want to be sacrificing things, and so will your opponents. Will, will force your opponent's hands. Uh, Birthing Pod, obviously, Jund. You hear the word Jund, you think modern, you think just value-based strategies. Birthing Pod, so good. Yeah, allows you to tap and sack a creature to find a creature with CMC one more than the creature you sacrifice, so you're moving up the chain for the pod. Um, same thing goes for Natural Order. You, it, it's an additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature. A Turns green out creature. the word sacrifice is on every single card in Magic, just every single one. So it's sack a green <laughs> creature. When we were in talking about this in the mini-sode, I think I said you could only get a green creature. but you No, no, I think you did say you have to sacrifice a green you creature. you got to sacrifice a green creature and get a green creature, so yeah. Uh, natural yeah. or so powerful because it just finds crater hoof when you need it or seedborn or whatever. I know for four mana. Yeah, pretty crazy. Jeez. Obviously, you want the altars, Ashnods and Phyrexian to sack stuff. Blood Artist is another card mm-hmm. that's very, very good in decks like these. Just drain everybody out. There's a lot of ways to build this deck, which I think is kind of exciting because you can go like the just I want lands that sacrifice themselves or you yeah, because got... fetch lands also draw you a card and yeah. put a counter on Corvald. <laughs> so you want all the fetches you can get in there that leads you towards like Git Rog, Scape Shift. Uh, there's some comboy stuff people are talking about where you get food chain plus squee. Oh, you just keep you keep replaying squee, and then at the end, once you have infinite mana, you keep sacking squee. Oh, to replay to draw your entire deck, and oh, then because squee's the only one that you can play from exile, exile and yeah. your graveyard, so you can do that food chain thing first, and then sack it to goes to your graveyard and recast it with pretty the cool. mana that you created. So that's kind of crazy, yeah. Corvold is pretty crazy. All right, we're on to the last of the brawl commanders. It's Sir Gwyn, hero of Ashvale. Here we go. Three in Mardu. For a 5-5 five, five mm-hmm. with Vigilance and Menace. Does she have Vigilance? It does have Menace. I think she has Vigilance. We should probably look that up. Uh, I'll read the rest while you look that up really quick. Um, she says, oh boy, this is the one I play on game nights and how can I not remember it? That's Equi- the only reason I remember mine. <laughs> Equip cost of uh, equipment is zero. Is it only zero when you go on a Knights you control? It does have Vigilance and Menace. Okay. It, it is a three Mardu five five. Whenever an equipped creature you control attacks, you draw lose life and draw a card. Yep. And equipment you control have the text equip knight zero. Right. So it's zero to equip only to other knights. Yeah. And then it does trigger um, individually. So if you have three creatures with equipment and you attack, you'll draw three and lose three. Yeah. So it's an equipment knight sub theme thing going on here i mean this is this it puts you in a box that's right for sure. it's very paint by numbers right yeah yeah and but this set obviously is gonna have a lot of night support um but it, this does feel a little unfortunately like eh, you know i'm like i'm not not going crazy but over some people here. get very excited about tribal and night tribal has kind of been a thing that's been coming along so if you want a night tribal commander this is probably it it also has card draw stacked onto it yeah. as a mardu commander so i think that's important as well i wish it was cheaper so i wish she was like a four mana three three with all the same abilities or mm-hmm. something like that you can even take off the menace to make it more balanced because it feels like getting that going so late is less helpful and also the fact that if they just kill it once it costs eight now Ugh. it's too easy to turn off your deck when uh the commander costs so much so that's that would be my one complaint about um sir gwyn but let's talk about some cards that might go in the deck yeah the first one is knight exemplar it might be the best knight lord i think um it's a two two with first strike for one white white and it has the text other knight creatures you control get plus one plus one and have indestructible seems so good just kind of the card you want to have in this deck i think the problem with these decks too is when we talk about them, none of the cards we talk about are like super exciting right now like here's the combo it's like this is a card that synergizes well because it says knight on it a bunch the next card is pretty strong unfortunately going to be a lot more expensive these days like it just got yeah. unbanned in modern but it is a must include in the deck you know if you're building the most powerful version you can which is stoneforge mystic it's one in a white for a one two 
core artificer. When Stoneforge enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. But you can also play one in white and tap the Stoneforge Mystic, and you may put an equipment card from your hand onto the battlefield so you can bypass the cost of that equipment. And then you can equip for free with Sir Gwyn. So, yeah. so this is probably the best card in the deck. You don't even need to put out the equipment that you find. Right. It could be anything else, like Argentum Armor. Oh my yep. gosh, that card just becomes nuts. Um, and we talk a lot about the different kinds of equipment you can do on the Sir Gwyn episode uh, for the Brawl to EDH deck upgrade. There's Balan, Wandering Knight, two white white for a 3-3 Cat Knight. Has first strike. And Balan has double strike as long as two or more equipment are attached to it. Pretty simple to do in this deck. And for one in the white, you can cap, attach all equipment you control to Balan. So even if Sir Gwyn isn't out, at least you can get your very expensive casting cost stuff and equip costs onto Balan for a cheap, cheap, cheap price. Balan should have been called Balan Magnetic Knight. Ah, just... <laughs> Right? Yeah, that would hurt if the, if the equipment came at the wrong angle. That's actually a good point. <laughs> well, you know, he's got armor on. Yeah. Um, Weathering night. Is, yeah. Is the last card, and I think also a must include in the deck, is Sigarda's Aid. So it's one white mana for an enchantment. You may cast aura and equipment spells as though they had flash. And then whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach it to target creature you control. So your equipment become combat tricks yeah that's actually really really crazy it makes it impossible to block you obviously with sir gwyn out you want to attach this stuff before the attack so you get the triggers but still the threat of being able to do that will make people hesitant to block you and to attack you too yeah because boom you suddenly equip a gigantic scary massive thing onto someone all right okay so that's it we've gone through all the new legends in the set and now we're going to go to our two favorite questions that we like to ask at the end of this it is what do we think is the most powerful new legend and then we'll talk about what we think what's our favorite personal legend which is often not the most powerful one yeah this is really tough well i think we can start off by saying what we think the most powerful of the brawl commanders is for me i just think it's corvold yeah i think two lane's the most powerful of or me but i think that it's so obviously powerful that it actually hurts it. Yeah. I think in a vacuum, though, if you just goldfish decks, Chulane's probably more powerful. But the fact that it's a lightning rod for removal actually makes it slightly less powerful. And it's not Urza powerful to the point where it's so powerful to overcome the fact that the entire table will hate it out. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're going to take the the Brawl Commanders out of this discussion. Although I don't think any of the Brawl Commanders would, I would say, are the most powerful new legend in the set. I don't think so, too. But they are pretty up there uh, in terms of also, I think, most... Because they have the access to the most colors. Yeah, a lot that's of the true. other cards in the set are oh. monocolored and stuff too. So that's as a, a really com- good point. as a commander too, this is tough. I don't know what will end up being the most powerful new legend in the set, but well, let's well, just let's just pick and then we'll sure. do the three to one thing. Three, two, Wait. one. Emery Kemrith. Okay. Yeah, those are the two. I'd say Sir Conrad is. Some so Conrad could be could up there. Be up there yeah. Yeah. I, maybe we didn't break it enough for us to realize that it could be more broken. Who knows? I um, think all three of those can be like at least tier two type decks, like among the more powerful decks in the in the format. Maybe not, you know, up there with the Flashhold decks and stuff like yeah. that. Kenrith but who does knows? Seem I'm not a competitive player, so it could five be. Colors, but Emery's just the combo potential. It's crazy. Yeah, and it can happen very early because it has a cost reduction mechanic. So True. if you get like, you know, it's easy to get out on turn two if you just get any one mana, you know, artifact of any kind so any of the moxin or the soul yep. ring and whatnot yep. so yep. never mind like mana crypt and stuff where you just play it turn one and it's possible <laughs> to go off turn two with lion's eye diamonds and stuff right yeah or lotus petal it's possible to really go off it's possible turn... to go off turn 
one and two. Yeah. I think turn one, if you have Shoot, a... Shoot, it is very possible to go off turn two, right? Because if you play one of the... You don't even need mana crypt. If you just go Mox Diamond or something, yeah, that's an artifact. So now she costs two. You cast her on turn one. Mm-hmm. Then on turn two, you play your land. If you Lotus Petal right there, you're infinite mana right there. And you have enough mana to cast uh, oh, wow. Ashnod's Altar... Or something yeah, like that. You need then to you the recast Emery enough times to then cast Lab Maniac and win, right? I think so. I mean, you have to have certain cards and whatnot, but I mean, that's, that's how every combo works. But right. yeah, Emery just has, you're right, Emery does have pop-off potential much faster than the rest of the cards. Um, maybe just generically, like, more flexible commanders would be someone like Kenrith, but Emery obviously has the strategy sort of written on the text. Emery's yeah. also in blue which allows you to protect what you're doing better than, yeah. you know, if it was in red or something. All, Kenrith has blue, too, so. Uh, Kenrith uh, has everything, Josh. Yeah. Kenrith is sweet. I, I I would be way more excited if it wasn't just so obviously, like, hey, make infinite mana and win that way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, favorite overall legend. So this is the one maybe we're the most excited to build around in the set. Let me look here. I already have one, and it's not going to be what you say almost. I, I would... I would take. I don't know. You'd what be I would surprised. Do. I would. Yeah, I would do something incredulous if you chose the same person <laughs> well, as me. I just want to try and figure out what it is and pick it so that you can do something incredulous. Um, all right, let's go. Three, two, one. Ayara. Fane oh, of the Red Yeah, fell. okay. Duh, <laughs> duh, 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 duh. Actually, Mr. Red. I, I do think Tobrin is pretty cool. It and is I, cool. It yeah. is an effect that, like, Red needs. Yeah, I like the effect a lot. It works a lot with a lot of the strategies that Red uses, and it's it's just again, it's like a small edge, but doesn't break the color in any way to help it out. And you said Ayara. Yeah, I think so. I don't have a mono black deck, so maybe Sir Conrad or Ayara. Yeah. I would build. I was gonna say I don't have a mono black deck either, but maybe I'll just do Crick. <laughs> That's a good one. I heard. Yeah, that or Yogmoth or Yogmoth. Yeah. I, let's pause really quick here. So we're we're gonna wrap up, but Wizards, if you're listening out there. Someone is. Yeah. Look We're not at, talking generic wizards like Gadwick the Wise. We're talking, no, talking Wizards of the Coast people. <laughs> you got to throw Mono White some bones here. It's it's getting ridiculous. Look what we just named. Yogmoth, Crick, mm-hmm. Ayara, Sir Conrad. There is not a single Mono White commander that's come out in probably the last five years. Yeah. That is even close to one of those cards, and they all came out in the last two sets. Yeah. That, and Kenrith, the worst ability on Kenrith by far is his white ability. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he's a five-color commander. That doesn't even count. Like, this yeah. is... It's getting crazy. Like, why show so much favoritism towards the colors? Blue. Blue got Emery. Blue got Urza. Blue got Gadwick. There is not a mono-white commander in the last... close. Yeah, in the last five years. I'm serious. Like, that is insane. Stop giving so much favoritism to the colors that are already the most powerful colors in commander. There's no reason to do that. White needs a ton of help. Red still needs a little bit of help. Green, blue, and black are fine. Yeah, they're in fact better than fine. They're doing great. Yeah, you it's... can take any of those monocolor decks and make some really powerful stuff out of it. Even red, you can make a really good monocolor deck, but white is just not there. Not even close. It's lagging so far behind now, and it's getting farther behind by the set because they're not trying to help it catch up. Yeah, and I really don't like the idea that it's like, well, just put more mana rocks in there. Put more generically powerful cards that can go in every deck because that also does not help players that are trying to build those decks because those cards become prohibitively expensive as well. Yeah. All right. Rant over. 
Now it's time for To The Listeners. What's your favorite new legend from Throne of Eldraine? Are there any cool interactions that we missed? What do you think is going to be the tip-top most powerful when built to its full optimization? And please don't just post them on the White Commander as a, <laughs> as a joke answer. If you want to pick up any of these cards or any of the cards that go in these decks that we talked about, please go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. When you use our affiliate link, you really are helping out this show, Game Nights, all of our content. It does keep the lights around on around here, and uh, we can't thank you enough. Yep, it makes a huge, huge difference as does our sponsorship with Ultra Pro. So you can go ahead and buy some Ultra Pro products next time you are out there in your local gaming store at your big box retailer or at cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Just make your battlefield look cool. Yeah, and uh, look out for that luggage that I saw. We'll, yeah, again, we'll put it on screen. I don't too. know if it's out yet. Uh, I probably should have read the entire email before I talked about it on the show, but <laughs> I just saw the picture and I was like, that is a brilliant idea. I actually yeah. need that. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out for it. All right, All now right. it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Josh is looking at me. No, I, I think I have something we can talk about because we uh, oh, we touched on it, the uh, I don't know, a couple episodes ago maybe. Yeah. So there's a book series that I love, and mm-hmm. they're turning it into potentially a series, I think, on Prime. It's The Wheel of Time. Right. Uh, Brandon Sanderson finished the series. It was originally started by Robert Jordan, who wrote like the first nine books, and Brandon wrote like the last three. He passed away, right? Yeah, Robert yeah. Jordan unfortunately passed away without finishing the series, and then Brandon Sanderson came in and, and, and helped finish it up. Valiant. Um, and did a great job, by the way. It was when I was a kid in high school. I started in high school, right? And wow. I read it over the course of like 18 years before it was finally done. And it's, if you stack the books, they'd be like <laughs> three or, because they're like, 700 pages each it's crazy epic um so wheel of time is a series that's happening and i'm scared that's the end step you're scared yeah yeah i think in hollywood we often do have these uh very realistic and very legitimate fears and uh, because we've seen a lot of our in fact this is the point where i've just become numb to a lot of things where someone's like oh this is coming out good exciting i'm like if it sucks i don't care because it just does uh, yeah it's like that's please don't na- ruin my that's childhood the nature of things yeah i mean I, i'm it's like i'm torn it's like are i'm a little happy they're doing it because there's a chance it could be good but yeah just just percentage chance it's just like if you walked up to the roulette table right like you put money down you're not favored to win that bet and that's yeah. just the way this goes. I don't care who you've got involved or whatever. The chance of it being yeah, right? the, the chance of it being great. I mean, if you have great people involved, your chances of it being good are increased, but they're not 100%. Yeah, you could put 10 of the best actors in the world in the same room, but if the writing's off or the directing's off or the set design's off or the costuming's off or the CG is off. Or even just the wrong character for that actor. Yeah. They you know, they could be a great actor, but we've seen great actors be only so-so in things before. True. I, I, I usually use this to tell people when they're very, like if a new trailer comes out or like, for instance, like Robert Pattinson got announced as Batman. Everyone right. freaked out. I'm like, there's nothing you can do right? Any amount of bickering you do online is just like, it's cool you, if you want to have that conversation and talk about it more, sure. But you can't really make a judgment until you see the thing on screen and right. you can actually see it for yourself. So it's very hard because you're right. I am very nervous all the time about a lot of things that I really like and I don't want them to get ruined because Harry Potter was one of those things for me. Yeah. When I saw the movies, I was like, this is garbage compared to what I to, read. Compared to the books, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones lived up for a long time, but yeah. petered out near the end. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I just want to say Wheel of Time, if you're a Wheel of Time fan, they are working on that TV show. They've announced a lot of the casting decisions. You can find that online or on Twitter. Um, so if I'm, you are making the Wheel of Time and you watch this show, <laughs> we want you to know that we're nervous. Please be good. Also, if you need a trailer cut, I might. Um, <laughs> Josh can for make that, some time. For that, maybe I would make some time. I'd, I've said nice. no to Star Wars and, and Justice Leagues, but, but I might say time. I might hey. say yes to Wheel Well, I mean, that was a... That's pretty cool. I, I mean, all growing up, like, I wanted to be a, a movie 
director, and right. I wanted to make Wheel of Time when I was oh, in high school. That, like, dude, it this was, means even more to you then. It was one of those things that, like, that. yeah, I wanted to make that, so... Yeah. <sighs> Fingers crossed. We'll see. Fingers crossed. All right. It could be great. You never know. What thing... One thing... What thing? One <laughs> thing that is great... Is our sister podcast, podcast, The Masters of Modern, hosted by Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. You're not used to doing this. I know. I was about to say Alex Bateman and Ben Kessler yeah, for a second yeah. there. That wouldn't be good. Uh, they talk about all things modern. Obviously, a lot of new cards are going to be infiltrating modern now. I mean, I expect to see Emery in modern. I don't. I, I can't. I mean, Urza's doing a ton of work in modern. So yeah. Like, so these legendary creatures are legit. If you want to find out, and as well, if you're like an EDH financier, you want to find out which cards may be the ones to pick up early from CardKingdom.com/slash/CommandZone. You go. You're gonna to want to check out the Masters of Modern. You can find them online on YouTube. They're making videos by looking up the Masters of Modern, or you can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. Our editors are Ashlyn Rose and Craig Blanchett. Special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who, who does the Living Cards animations to begin and end all of our shows. You can find him on Twitter, at Living Cards MTG. Never make me do the Masters of Modern. We shout out again. <laughs> right, everybody. I think that was my own choice, but yeah. <laughs> you start going into it, I was like, all right, let's uh, do it. <laughs> all right, this is better than Wheel of Time. <laughs> thanks right. for watching. <laughs> See you later. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.